Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey there, everybody. So glad to be with you. It's always, always a blessing and an honor to be with you each week here on Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about all kinds of good topics that I hope are edifying to your heart and leading you closer, closer to the Lord and your growing in personal holiness. I'm so happy about the guest we have today. I know you will be too. I'm so excited that he's finally with me. He's been on my list for a long time and he's got a brand new book that I just couldn't resist. We have to talk about it today. We have with us Dr. Gregory Popcheck, and he is, we're going to be speaking about his new book, when divorce is not an option. So it's going to be a tender topic today. We may want to just remember if we have moms and babies in the car that we may want to protect those little ears just in case, just in case. So let me go ahead and welcome Dr. Popcheck to the show. Hey there. Hi, Stacey. Great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. I'm so, so delighted and delighted about your brand new book, When Divorce is not an option. And people, uh, I'm sure, have heard you on your own radio show that you, um, as well as your speaking engagements and your your other information that you have out there, your website, catholiccounselors.com. Dr. Popcheck is a Catholic psychotherapist and a rather prolific author, I might add, and founder of the Pastoral Solutions Institute, where he offers, he and others, offer telecounseling. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, awesome. I have uh, four associates that work with me full time, and we do, oh gosh, uh, over ten thousand hours a year of uh, ongoing wow. telephone counseling uh, with Catholics all over the world. Uh, wow. So it's been a great, great blessing, and we're grateful to God for 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 using us to uh, to really help people find faithful solutions to tough marriage and family and for uh, personal problems. Amen. And that is why one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on the Faith and Good Counsel show. And so I don't know if you've ever heard our program, but we do always, Doctor Popcheck, we start off with prayer, and I'm really loving this prayer. Um, it's called the Prayer of the Great Mystery. It's one that I I learned um, at Theology of the Body Institute, and I would like to pray it again because it is so related to what we're going to be speaking about today. So if I may, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus, open our minds and our hearts to the great mystery hidden in the depths of God from all eternity. Give us the eyes to see an image of this great mystery in our creation as male and female, and in our call to become one body in marital communion. Give us the eyes to see the definitive revelation of this great mystery in our redemption as male and female, and in our call to become one body with you in Eucharistic communion. Plant deep within our breasts an abiding hope in the resurrection of our bodies when all who respond to the wedding invitation will behold you face to face and know you in the eternal consummation of the marriage of the Lamb. Our Lady of Good Counsel, St. John Paul II, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Well, I, I love that prayer. I love that prayer. And I love your new book, Dr. Popcheck. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, everybody, thank you so much. <laughs> everybody needs to go to CatholicCounselors.com and check out all of his books on a wide variety of topics having to do with 
the beauty of marriage and family and parenting and all of those all of those beautiful things that we need to know what our faith teaches and, and the very best combination of of our training as secular therapist with our Catholic faith. Well, we're talking today about when divorce is not an option. And let me just say right off the top, love the title. In um, in our very innocent uh, youth and in our very immature faith, 30 some odd years ago when my husband and I were engaged, that was a promise that we made to one another when divorce, well, divorce would not be an option. And yet our our culture is so... It's just so much part of the fabric of our, our culture now, Dr. Bobcheck. And this is why I love your book so much, because you give us the way, the ways that we can implement teachings that keep us from hopefully and prayerfully from that pain of divorce. And right in the front, you start talking about happy couples and attributes and habits of happy couples. Can you talk a little bit about that first for us? Well, sure. Um, you know, th- there's been a lot of research that's, uh, that's gone on in the last, say, 20 years or so that's looked into the difference between what, what, uh, what folks might call, say, marriage masters versus marriage disasters, right? Uh-huh. And a lot of people tend to think that, uh, you know, marriage, what separates marriage masters from marriage disasters is, is uh, luck, um, or uh, the way perhaps they were raised, or other uh, you know factors beyond their personal control, and what all the research is pointing to, as I said, in the last twenty years, is that really the things that separate couples who are happy and stable uh, in their relationships versus couples who aren't are certain habits, mm-hmm. um, certain practices that couples who are in happier marriages uh, either work to achieve or have come to more naturally, you know, because of their upbringing. But the, the reality is that everybody can learn these habits, uh, and then, in fact, when couples who are truly miserable in their relationships learn to develop these habits, they become happy couples as well. They become master, marriage masters as well. Uh, and so, you know, with with competent marriage counseling, um, there's about an, uh, over a 95% success rate wow. with with uh, when a marriage counselor knows what they're doing. The, the, the problem is a lot of people go to just any old therapist for marriage counseling. And a lot of therapists um, don't have training uh, or clinical supervision in marital therapy. Um, they, they, you know, they'll tell you, well, you know, I'm a therapist and I do marriage counseling, mm-hmm. but they're not really competent mm-hmm. or trained in marriage counseling, mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, you know, I, I think there's another aspect of this, too. I'm, I'm hearing you say that that we're not victims of our past certainly we bring with us our upbringing our personalities our temperaments etc and we bring that to a marital relationship but with that we can learn new ways of relating to one another but first we have to have that openness of heart and like scripture says do you want to be healed right does that have any any efficacy in 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 the work that you're doing in terms of uh, helping people relate to one another well, yes. I mean, I think that that, um, that there obviously there has to be a desire to to improve the relationship. But I think you know uh, there was a commercial years back where um, uh, you know they, they showed a bunch of kids, right? And 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 uh, each each kid would step up to the camera and say things like, you know, when I grow up, I want to be downsized. You know, when I grow up, I want to, you know. 
you know, all these things that nobody ever wants to uh-huh. grow up to do. And, one, and, and they didn't say this in the commercial, but, but one of the things they could very well have said was, when I grow up, I want to be divorced, you know. Mm. Nobody, nobody grows up to want to be divorced. No one gets married with the intention of being divorced. Right. And I think that, you know, if, if, if I am able to show a couple that they don't have to stay stuck in this miserable place. I mean, a lot of people think that, that when, uh, you know, that, that in order to save their marriage, they're going to have to stay stuck in misery for the rest of their lives. And it's a choice between, you know, getting out and trying to, you know, have a shot at happiness or staying put and staying miserable. And, you know, as I, as I said, all the research is really pointing to the fact that that is not true at all, that, that really almost any couple... Um, who is willing to learn these eight habits yes. um, is, is capable of having a happy and joy-filled, graceful, stable relationship that will stand the test of time, or as I like to say, that will make the angels smile and the neighbors sick oh. of jealousy. <laughs> well, you know, people, we, every marriage, have been married nearly 30 years, and every marriage has its ups and its downs. We will have our crosses, we will have our joys, Right. Well, but you can feel a, a sense of powerlessness, a sense of hopelessness when things are not going well, when there's a particular struggle. And you talk in your book about when, you, when you've tried everything and what that really means. And I'd like for you to maybe to kind of break that down for us. And then we're going to get into those eight habits. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, every, everybody, when they come to marriage counseling, you know, will tell me, you know, I feel like I've tried everything. And, and uh, chances are they've tried a lot of things. Um, in most cases, what they've done, though, is they've tried all the things that won't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, you know, w- what we've found out is that when we get stressed out, and very few things are more stressful than a troubled marriage, yeah. uh, when we get stressed out, we tend to vacillate between um, a couple of different positions in what I call the, the misery-making mindset. Yes. See, stress builds up, and it creates a, a, a wash of chemicals in our bloodstream that literally shut off the uh, problem-solving parts of our brain, uh, the cortex, which is where all my mm-hmm. knowledge and all my information and all my higher-level thinking goes on in that cortex. Well, the stress um, it, it, you know, shuts off the cortex, so all I have to work with then is my emotional brain, my limbic system, which I call that misery-making mindset. Uh, and so whenever I'm in that, 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 uh, that misery-making mindset, I tend to bounce between three different positions. I can either go into uh, sort of a, 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 a tantruming position where I just, uh, you know, I get angry and I explode, uh, you know, and I vent and I blame, uh, or then I can go into a uh, pouting and withdrawing position where I just say, well, there's nothing I can do about it, so I guess I might as well just try to let it go or offer it up, and I don't talk about it, mm-hmm. hoping that it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Or I adopt sort of an in-between position where I kind of lecture, and I go into this, well, we've talked about this 4,000 times. I really just don't understand why we just don't do this, 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 and this. And there's clearly there's something wrong with you and your mother dropped you on your head when you were a baby. But, <laughs> you know, but, and if you would just fix that, then we would be fine, right? You know, and so you know, when, when couples will tell me, well, I've tried everything, I say, well, tell me what you've done. Like, well, you know, I, I, I tried pointing it out to her and, and telling her, you know, that, that all she had to do was this, 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 and this, right? So we've got the lecturing thing. Mm-hmm. But that didn't work. So then I just tried to let it go because, of course, she's so stubborn. It just wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't, nothing gets through her head. So I just, I just tried to ignore it so that we got the potting and withdrawing. But then I just couldn't take it anymore. And then we blew up and we just fought about it and fought about it and fought it. Now we've got the tantruming. So we, and then what the person does, if you track it, they'll go through that cycle over and over and over again. And they've tried everything 
that doesn't work. The only things that will work are those things that, that can happen when I turn my thinking brain, my logical brain, my cortex back on. But that requires certain skills the, to pull out of that stressful, reactive mindset that a troubled marriage can cause and re-engage those resources that are only available to me when my stress level is a little bit lower. Wow. We're talking this afternoon with Dr. Greg Popcheck. He is the author of the new book, When Divorce is Not an Option. Dr. Popcheck, we're about to go to a break. So I just wanted to say a little bit about self-regulation. If you, if you could tell us a little bit about that and how important that is as we enter into the next segment with eight, the eight healthy habits for marriages. Yeah, self-regulation is one of, the, one of those habits, actually, and it's, it's a critically important habit that, that enables me to be aware of my feelings and to feel those feelings. I'm not denying those emotions, but I can kind of pause and, and say, all right, well, I'm feeling upset or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling like I want to take the head off my partner right mm-hmm. now. Um, but let me think about this for a second. What's the best way to express this anger? What's the most productive way to move ahead here? What's my plan? What's my goal? People who are you know, marriage masters are, are pretty good at catching themselves early on. They don't pretend they don't feel what they feel. They don't, they don't deny that they feel what they feel, but they manage it more effectively, and they're able to be what, what psychologists call mindful about yes. their reactions. You know, so, and, and research really shows that even if a person can learn to pause for a couple of milliseconds to let their cortex catch up with their emotions, that's enough time for the brain to process the stress and start generating solutions. And then you can lead in it with, with those solutions and have a more productive conversation. But most people go right from feeling to you know, speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. And stuff comes out of our mouth at that point that we don't literally mean, but that we do emotionally mean. You know, so we'll mm-hmm. say a lot of really hurtful things to our spouse that, that feel true, but later on we might regret. Um, and, and so if we can develop that skill of self-regulation, then we can develop a little bit more uh, what's called response flexibility. It's where, that's where I, I have that initial impulse to act, but I learn to check it and, and intentionally decide what to do with that reaction, whether to uh, redirect it or shut it down or translate it into some other thing. But I'm, I'm able to be more conscious and intentional about those reactions so I can respond to you rather than just react to you. Beautiful, beautiful. We're talking with Dr. Greg Popcheck here on Faith and Good Counsel. I'm your host, Stacey Galino. We'll be back in just a moment when we speak about eight habits of healthy couples. At Catholic Community Radio, good stewardship is at the core of every financial decision. Your donation, large or small, is only spent with the goal of keeping Catholic Radio going strong in Louisiana. Consider donating online at catholiccommunityradio.org. This is Saint of the Day for November 11th from the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press. Today we celebrate St. Martin of Tours. He may have disappointed his father by becoming a conscientious objector, but today's saint went on to become one of the most popular saints in the church. Martin was born in the 4th century in what is now Hungary. His father, a, a pagan officer, expected his son to follow him into the Roman army, but Martin, who tried it for a time, was more interested in taking up the life of a Christian monk. At age 23, he refused a war bounty, protesting that he was a soldier of Christ. He became a monk and spent time in Italy, then in France, where he established what 
might have been the first French monastery. He lived there for ten years, preaching throughout the countryside and attracting disciples. By popular demand, he was made Bishop of Tours. He continued to live as a monk, and he moved about his diocese, often on foot. As death approached, his followers begged him not to leave them. Lord, he prayed, if your people still need me, I do not refuse the work. Martin died in 397. He had served as bishop for 25 years. There is more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, franciscanradio.org. From the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press, this is Saint of the Day. Welcome back, everybody. This is Stacy Galino, host of Faith and Good Counts. So happy and honored to be with you again today. And we're talking with Dr. Gregory Popchek. He is the author of the, his newest work, When Divorce is Not an Option. Welcome back, Dr. Popchek. Great to be here, Stacy. Thank you. All right. And I'm so ha- honored to have you with me. And I want to just remind people that about your Pastoral Solutions Institute, um, and folks can find out more information about that at catholiccounselors.com, where you offer, you and your colleagues offer telephone counseling. That's right, yeah. So we, a lot of folks really struggle to either find local faithful resources to work with them, marriage-friendly resources to work with them, uh, or even if there are Catholic counselors in the area, sometimes it's hard to find a sitter or to make sure that they can get there consistently, and uh, or perhaps they even work in different time zones or different cities. And so uh, our telephone counseling practice is there to help people find those faithful answers to tough marriage, family, and personal problems. And we do, as I mentioned earlier, almost uh, 10,000 hours a year of ongoing psychotherapy with Catholic uh, couples, individuals, and, and, and families even all over the world. And you do so much good, Dr. Popchek, both you and your lovely wife, Lisa, um, in your books and programs. I'm just looking at a number of them, Just Married, um, The Exceptional 7%, Then Comes Baby, Beyond the Birds and the Bees, and so forth and so on. God help me, this stress is driving me crazy. <laughs> I love your titles. They're just very eye, very eye and heart catching. So, um, so uh, my dear listeners, you can find so much help if you're struggling in your marriage in this book that I'm holding in my hand, When Divorce is Not an Option. And so, Dr. Dr. Popchek, let's go, let's head forward, if we may, push forward into the eight habits of healthy couples. We kind of got ahead a little bit uh, with speaking about self-regulation, but kind of take us through those eight habits of what, what we're shooting for. Sure. What's our goal? Well, yeah. Uh, so, for instance, the, the first one would be rituals of connection. So marriage masters, uh, couples who are marriage masters, make time both every day and each week for regular, scheduled, expected time to work and play and talk and pray together. You know, little times each day where they do those four things and maybe bigger times where they connect around those four areas of their life as well. They realize that, that marriage and family life isn't just something that they squeeze in between all the other activities they do. They realize that marriage and family life is the most important activity. And so they at least make that time for rituals that support those those four things, some time to work together, some time to play together, some time to talk together, some time to pray together. Um, the next habit is uh, what we call emotional rapport and, and benevolence. In other words, it's, it's, it's turning toward each other and taking care of each other in times of stress. You know, other couples tend to isolate. They turn away from each other uh, when they get stressed out. They want to take care of themselves as opposed to reaching out to each other. But happy couples look for little ways to turn toward each other 
each other all day long. That smile, that little brush, uh, you know, of, of your arm, that that little hug, that those little those little signs that I'm here for you, I'm taking care of you, I want you to be around. And especially when we're stressed out, what can I do to make your life a little easier or more pleasant? There's that sort of attitude toward the other. Uh, another habit we talked about already: self-regulation, that ability to to kind of pause when I have a reaction and just say, "Is this really where I want to go with this? You know, what's my goal? How do I want to?" And not deny my feeling, but redirect that emotional energy so that I can really be effective here. Um, A positive intention frame is another habit that uh, happy couples have. And what that is, is that I'm I'm not making excuses for your behavior, but I want to try to understand where you're coming from. So I try to assume that there's a positive intention or a need that you're trying to address. You know, and I might, you know, I might say something like, hey, look, you know, that really hurt my feelings when you did that. What did you mean to do? What were you trying to accomplish? Or what, you know, how were you hoping I'd respond to that? Because there's this idea here that, you know, you're not, you're not trying to hurt me. You know, you know, I know where you sleep, so you're not going to intentionally tick me off. You know, Uh, you know, you're, if, if you are upsetting me, then chances are it's because, um, you know, there's some need or intention you're, that you feel is good. You're trying to meet. You're just doing it in a boneheaded way. So let's figure out how to do this. You know, how, how to meet this need in some way that will actually work, right? It's kind of like and, giving uh, a holy benefit of the doubt. Well, actually, yeah. There's, there's yeah. a great uh, spiritual practice in, in our Catholic faith called charitable interpretation, and that's mm. really what that is. It's about that not making excuses for bad behavior, not writing things off, but addressing it in a charitable way that, that lets the other person save face. Um, and then, of course, uh, caretaking and conflict. You know, a lot of people are surprised when I tell them that the most important thing in problem solving is, isn't actually solving the problem. It's taking care of your partner. Um, because if your partner feels cared for, especially when you're disagreeing with them, especially in conflict, they'll work with you and you'll be able to find solutions together. But as soon as they feel antagonized, as soon as they feel alienated, as soon as they feel judged, as soon as they feel like your agenda is more important than they are, they'll shut down and, and stop working with you and even actively undermine even solutions that would work otherwise. And so you end up becoming frustrated that even when you work out an answer, it ends up falling apart because the, your, your partner undermines it as a way of kind of just standing up for their own dignity. Um, and then, of course, mutual respect, accountability, and boundaries. In other words, uh, you know, the willingness to learn from each other. You know, I don't have to completely understand why you think and feel and like the things you do. Uh, I, I just respect you enough to accept that those things are important to you, and I want to learn from you and understand you and respect that. So, if you know, so whether that's uh, you want to share something with me that I don't particularly find all that interesting, but I'm going to listen to it because I love you, or it's because you're going to set a boundary with me that I don't particularly understand why you need to set, but I'm going to accept that boundary because I love you and I respect you and I want you to feel safe and cared for. Um, and uh, learning from mistakes is another important, um, reviewing and learning from mistakes is another important skill that happy couples have, which is that they can go back to the problem without refighting the problem. You know, they can say, wow, you know, neither of us really liked the way that went. What can we do differently next time? Whereas less happy couples go back to the thing and say, well, let's talk about why it went wrong and let me explain to you why you're at fault again. Uh, and then they argue <laughs> what, about what really happened and they argue louder and louder as they try to convince the other person that they were the greater offender. Happy mm-hmm. couples go back and say, listen, you know, that really stunk. Um, but if we had to do it over again, how could we do it differently? Or the next time something like that comes up, what do we want to do differently? They don't get bogged down in, in trying to agree on what exactly happened. I bet that one can be a real sticking point too, because huge. we do we do get yeah huge because we get entrenched with you know our 
our pride or our whatever it is, our need to be right, you know, and and really can get Im- embattled. I would think in that avoiding, if you will, <laughs> the blaming and and the finger pointing to get to the real root to move to that more mutuality. I can see yeah. where that one could be a problem. And a lot of people feel like, you know, how can we ever solve the problem if we can't even agree what the problem is? Well, there you go. And, 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 and you don't have to agree what the problem is. You just need to know that you don't like it and you want to do something different next time. I so, love that. You don't, yeah. so we don't have to understand it, nor do we have to really understand or know what the, the true problem is, right? Yeah, you just, have, you just have to figure out what you need to do differently and, and what you need to do to, to make that happen next time. That's rather freeing. Yeah, it, I think it really is. When once people can make that jump, it, it really is freeing. Okay. And then the last habit is just getting good support. You know, couples who are in happy marriages, they, they know when they need to learn new skills, and they know who to go to to get those skills. Um, couples who are in less happy marriages tend to want to keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they keep going to their friends who you know aren't necessarily in any better position than they are just to confirm them and their own biases. You know, happy couples like to be challenged. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to get new skills. They want to go to people who can teach them those skills. They'll go to their pastor. They'll go to a counselor if they need to. Um, you know, there's research that shows that, you know, unhappy couples will be miserable for four to six years before they seek marriage counseling. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's that's too long. That's you know, a long couples time. who are happy will will seek regular, ongoing support either from good books or by going to retreats or seminars or, you know, marriage enrichment days or those sorts of things to keep the marriage going strong. And they know to talk to marriage friendly people who uh, really have both of their best interests at heart uh, and have the best interests of the marriage at heart to keep their marriage going strong over time. Wow, there's so much more that we could talk about. We're getting a little short on time. Dr. Popchek, I guess one final pearl of wisdom that you might be able to offer us. Well, you know, um, if I, people ask me all the time, you know, what's the most, what's the number one marriage problem? And I, and I, I think the answer is that, that couples have a tendency to love their own comfort zone more than they love each other. Ooh, that total um, self-giving thing that we're supposed exactly. to be doing. Yes. Exactly. I mean, if you, if you come right down to it, every problem in marriage, every problem from infidelity to drug and alcohol abuse to emotional abuse to just, just irreconcilable differences boils down to, I love my comfort zone more than I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we can challenge ourselves to love the other person more than we love our comfort zone, then a lot of those other problems will just fall away. Oh, that's so beautiful. It has been a tremendous, tremendous pleasure to have you with us, Dr. Gregory Popchek, author of When Divorce is Not an Option, and offering, along with his colleagues, telephone counseling at the Pastoral Solutions Institute. If if you, my dear listeners, any of you are struggling or you know someone who is struggling in their marriage, you can go to these resources, go to his book, go to his website, and engage there. There's a lot of resources. I've, I've taken a look at it myself. And you can actually receive counseling from Dr. Popchek or one of his counselors there at catholiccounselors.com. So Dr. Popchek, I, again, I thank you so, so much. There's so many other questions I'd love to ask you, but again, that clock, you know, it just keeps understand. ticking. Well, God bless but you. God and, bless you, and thank you for all the great work you're doing. It's been an honor talking with you today, Stacey. It's been an honor with you as well. Well, friends... What a lovely, lovely conversation. I do hope that you have heard something today that will help you along in your journey. And just remember that we all have difficulties in our marriage. It is a cross and it's a joy, but we go to that fount, the fountain of our faith to to bring us that healing and that redemption that, that we're called to. And so 
Let me pray this prayer for you, my dear listeners, anyone who is struggling in case you're in a situation of despair or desolation. Know that my heart and my prayers are with you. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will which is love and mercy itself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, the divine mercy, is waiting for you. All right, my dear friends, well, I will be with you again next week. And until that time, Pax Christi, y'all. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 